0: Hello and welcome to play and catch up with me, Tom Bailey, and co-host Paul Thomas once again. Uh, Paul, before we get started, uh, there's just a little bit of housekeeping. I've got a question for you. All right. How many of the trinkets have you collected in V V V V Um, I think I collected uh t- twenty eight.
1: I thinking, I, I said to you.
0: So I'm guessing there's some gloating coming my way from yourself, uh, am I? It's. Uh, I think there's twenty total. Well, no, I know there's twenty total because I've got all of them. Uh, you okay. you had eighteen. Um, eighteen. We co- so people who didn't hear episode twelve, we we covered the game in in obviously in a, a lot more detail. But um, there are twenty collectible trinkets along the way, and your literal quote on me saying I got thirteen was that is absolutely terrible. And (laughs) when I listened back the thing that really got me was we were talking about um, Veni Vidi Vici which is this notoriously difficult one to get and you said my next question was going to be if you got that trinket but obviously not that was beyond you and oh, I didn't like that (laughs) I didn't like that so I did I went back and got them all and I used keys this time as well which was actually easier than than using the pad so I think thank you for that no worries Um, but yeah, spent a, a, an unnaturally long time getting Vidi Vici, Just sat there on a Saturday night, ignoring my family, just so that I could come <laughs> back on here and say, "Yeah, I've I've got more than you now." So, well, <laughs> a, a little round of applause there <laughs>
1: Thank for you. you. I yeah. think I think that's well deserved. Um, <laughs> did you did you cheat on the other trinkets or not? Then I can't remember if we discussed that. Did you seek out the solutions for them or did you? figure them
0: all out yourself in the end uh, no I, I didn't need to but there's one in particular that I think I would have had to have have cheated if you hadn't, you basically said last time there was one that you looked up on YouTube after the fact and, and realised it was very much a kind of puzzle yep. um, and I think that gave me enough to to realise when I was stuck on one particular one, I assume it's the same one as you with a moving platform um, yep. that you could, yeah um, it, took, it still took me a long time to work out what I needed to do but the fact that you had mentioned it was kind of more puzzle than, than reaction-based. Um, I, I did finally work that out on my own. But, but no, I can see why that would have been a struggle for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is quite, it's a little bit different, I think, than quite a lot of the other ones in there. And I think I planted that idea in your head on purpose a little bit. That Yeah. Knowing your, your profound love for uh, puzzles, I thought, <laughs> I thought you'd quite appreciate maybe sort of figuring out yourself. So, you know, uh, well played. Uh, yeah, you are... You are now a better platform gamer than I <laughs> at, at on some some level I have to uh I
0: have to doff my hat to you. Yeah, so, right. Uh, no. Yes. Well played. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. I have to take my victories where I get them cuz uh, yeah, they don't come along too often. <laughs> okay, right. On on to the normal business then. So, last time around you picked beyond two souls for me to play. Uh, was there a particular reason you you picked that one?
1: Um uh, so when i first chose it for you um i i didn't know what your sort of history with uh david cage games were at all so yeah. but we had a little bit of sort of chat towards the end of the last podcast and um i think i think you're quite a fan i think you played probably more of his titles than i have but um that was main, the, the main reason because i think his games have a certain style to them i think there's um, interesting things to talk about around uh, around what that style is and how it fits in sort of um, modern modern gaming really and modern storytelling in games because I think he he started some of this sort of style of storytelling well before uh, other people so yeah I just wanted you to sort of play his latest really and uh, see what you made of it.
0: Yeah, so as you say, I'd, I'd played all of his previous games, To a, well, I'd completed Fahrenheit and uh, and Heavy Rain, and I'd, I'd played a fair bit of um, Omicron, the Nomad Soul, on Dreamcast when it came out, but I didn't finish that one, but I had really enjoyed all of them to some extent. I think there's definitely some flaws in, in some of his games, but I was really looking forward to, to taking this one on. Um, and as you say, it kind of uses the tried and tested David Cage formula of essentially delivering an interactive movie as as was seen with Fahrenheit and Heavy Rain. This time it really kind of does wear its Hollywood aspirations on its sleeve. So Hans Zimmer was involved with creating the soundtrack and Cage cast a couple of really big name actors in Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe in, in the two leading roles. Um in fact going in I didn't know a huge amount about this game other than the fact that it was a David Cage game. I assumed the fact it was called Two Souls that I'd be controlling Defoe's character as well as Ellen Page's but okay. that that's obviously not the, not the case. Um so the setup is that that Page plays a young girl called Jodie who is cursed with an entity as the game puts it called Aiden. He's essentially like a poltergeist who kind of lives within her but can fly around and interact with objects and other people in the game space and you switch between Jodie and Iden depending on the situation. Sometimes you have a choice in that, and, so, and other times you don't. Uh, and that's that's the basic setup. It's it's essentially wander around. There's a few QTEs along the way, and um, it, as I say, very much an interactive movie. And if I had to sum it up, I'd say I found it a bit of a mess, to be honest. I mean, a f- mm. fascinating mess, but but a mess all the same. I, I think that, that whole thing about switching between the two characters was, was one of the bugbears, really, really. So Iden is essentially tethered to Jody, but so he can only move a certain distance away from her. But that distance seemed to change from scene to scene, depending on the situation. There was, didn't seem to be any real rhyme or reason to it. And similarly, and, and more frustrating than that, the, the objects and people that he could interact with—it just seemed completely arbitrary, depending on the scene. Um, so I found that quite frustrating, really. So yeah. you you'd um, have. Sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, I was just going to stop you there. Yeah. <clears throat> in terms, in terms of the the that control and, and the two the two characters, um, yeah, it's very odd for for a video game of, of this nature. Um, if you compare it to to his other games as well, they've, yeah. they've always had a situation where you're generally controlling a character in sort of a, th- a third person sort of um, viewpoint and um, direct control of a, of a character, but but having this sort of floating being the first time i had that happen i immediately thought okay this is an interesting mechanic because hmm. i like i like ideas which are, are different and doing things in different ways but my first thought was well i can it, it's, it's 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 something about it's something about the the market for the for a game like this it, the heavy heavy narrative sort of led games like this lend themselves to quite simple mechanics and simple controls and immediately When this it's it's a dual stick setup essentially, isn't it? In terms of control, I thought it was incredibly difficult for people who potentially would want to go into this purely as an interactive narrative experience. They would find this incredibly off-putting straight away. Was my sort of gut reaction as soon as I sort of had control of that. Um, And I, I don't know why they made it so complex. That was my sort of first feeling with that.
0: Yeah, no I I agree with you completely and it, it it does contrast really with you know when you're playing as Jody, the the, the interactions you know you walk with one stick and then if there is something to interact with you you can flick the right stick towards like highlighted options objects sorry around the game space or you will get essentially a QTE so you'll get the different face buttons or shoulder buttons come up and you'll you'll use them. Um and yeah, then it's completely different as you as you switch over as you say first person perspective you can float around you can move up through you can move through walls and what have you but you you're kind of tethered at all times so there's only certain ways you can go but as you say there are certain different things you can interact with but there are lots of different ways so sometimes you'll be pushing the the two sticks together while holding down one of the shoulder buttons other situations they want you to do the opposite push them apart there's a mechanic where you can heal people where you need to kind of hover the two thumbsticks over a certain area yeah it's it's really confusing for and i think certainly for someone who perhaps plays the game for a couple of hours goes away and comes back to it a week later um i think you know that that would be really confusing
1: yeah and i I can't can't remember if uh, the view was inverted or not but it always felt really because it's this floating being it just felt uh, i could never again i played play enough games for so it wasn't really an issue for me but it just felt really sort of um just a bit too sensitive at all times, and and you know you'd flick the stick and you'd think, well, actually it's, it's moved far too far than what I need it to, and the, uh, some of the areas you have to go because the game wants you to um, move beyond walls quite a lot. It yeah. doesn't uh, immediately to me. It seemed obvious I would try that, but again, it just seemed really unintuitive, and I couldn't understand if this was something that people picked up as a problem or whether. People just looked past it because I've never really sort of had any feedback around the control mechanisms for the game. But as I say, straight off, I just thought this this is really strange that that they've that it, that gone down this path, especially because a lot of the other interactions in these games have always been very push a button to 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 make a choice. You know, it's not even a lot of um, direct control in actions. It's always been that. One step removed, you know. It's it's the generic X will do an action, circle will do an action, triangle will do an action. Yeah, and to do something with such a, a, a complex control scheme, I, I yeah, I found it I found it baffling, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree in in that respect. I think, I mean, the other issue for me was the was the story itself and, and the way it was presented. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think there there were some really nice ideas along the way. Um, but it couldn't decide what type of interactive movie it wanted to be, if you like. So some scenes it was essentially a kind of creepy suspense thriller and other scenes, it was an all-out action film and then more and more towards the end, just an insane kind of sci-fi movie. Um, It was all over the shop, really. And and the way it was presented, so the scenes are presented in a non-linear fashion. Um, And again, you know, it's this this whole thing of, of perhaps being more filmic, um, but for me that you know that kind of story structure just didn't add anything to the game at it all didn't, it didn't help did it no it I I think it harmed the game really because <laughs> you know it means that so you're offered what I probably haven't mentioned is so like a lot of other interactive kind of story-based games nowadays you're presented with choices along the way that supposedly have an impact on, on your playthrough but you're playing through in a non-linear fashion so the the actions you take don't really mean anything. They can't possibly influence some of the earlier scenes you're going to play later on. If you see what I mean, so set earlier, but later, later in the narrative as as it's presented. So yeah, it, it, I think that's something that Heavy. I know you haven't played Heavy Rain, have you? But no. um, I think that's that's something that Heavy Rain really kind of got spot on. It, it felt like your actions had real consequences. Um, whether that was actually what was happening or it was just kind of an illusion that the game pulled off well. Um Certainly in my experience, it, it doesn't really matter. But but here. I just didn't get that feeling at all till the very end. Um, but all that really meant was you got a different ending cutscene to to you know that, that you might have otherwise had if you'd taken one of the other four or five options. But but yet yeah, so that was really disappointing for me really because that, that seemed to be a big thing in his previous games. You know this this kind of idea of choice and effect in the story and, and you know it's quite ubiquitous now I suppose with things like the Telltale games and and, and those mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, but as you say, when he first came on the scene, it was something you didn't really you hadn't really seen before. Um, so yeah, it was a real shame that that missed the mark for me.
1: Yeah, um, I, mm, okay. Um, I, I think I think some some of the the structure does does work at certain points. I think what they were trying to go for <laughs> to sort of defend defend David Cage a little bit is its <laughs> yeah. design choices. But I think what they were trying to go for was an idea that something happens in their teenage years or an adult life and. The, the the way that you react or the way that the character is portrayed in those scenes is possibly affected by something that's happened in their childhood. So they tried, I think, quite a lot to to almost answer a question about something around that person's about Jody's character yeah. by tying it with another scene of of her inner childhood. And I think that's what they were going for a little bit more. Um and, and the reason I say that is because the, the narrative of these scenes are quite they're not they're not that they, they change so quite quite a few of the scenes are quite short in terms mm. of in terms of interactions or what happens yeah. or quite simple in maybe the idea it's trying to get across but then i think later in in some in, in chronological order but not in game order but the later stuff seems far more complex in terms of characters and what happens a lot is i think is that the The character of William Defoe becomes more of an interesting character in yeah. terms of his development, and I think what they try to do is hide potentially some of that character development until later down in the storyline and If they did it as a linear progression, you probably wouldn't have seen the growth of that character in the same way and I think that's, I think that's possibly why they've they've done it the way they've done it. I think it was more. To, to keep the, the character of, of his character potentially more under wraps until the end. But equally, it's to show some parallels between our childhood and maybe our adulthood. Oh, that was my sort of take on why they'd maybe structured it the way they have done.
0: Oh no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's that definitely was the intention. But I think it kind of undermined this whole notion of of your choices affect how the game will play out. Mm-hmm. I mean I might be completely wrong. Maybe maybe things do change more than, than I'm giving it credit for. Um but I don't really understand how that would work if, you know, you play a scene early on that's supposed to be in the middle of the narrative and then um, you know, there's a scene. You know, you play a few scenes that are set before that. You can't, you know, you can't retroactively affect that. But I'm sure, as things play out further and further ahead, as you say, then then, then perhaps there is a bit more of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I definitely take what you take the point about William Defoe's character because yeah, there is there is something a little more interesting going on with him. Um, I, I, and yeah, it does it does kind of manage to keep that under wraps using using the um, you know the the technique of, of non. Croggy, non-linear narrative. Mm, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I think you know some of the some of the sections were were pretty ludicrous as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> <there's>, uh, <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to say something along those lines. <laughs> I mean, it, this really does veer from from the incredibly mundane. You know that there's a scene where the, 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 the,
1: there's huge tonal shifts in this yeah, game. Is what yeah. I
0: would. That's that was my. Gut
1: feeling quite a lot in this, and some of the character changes felt a little bit ludicrous at times.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I actually liked its more kind of subtle scenes uh, more than the kind of over the top ones. I think so. There's a scene where she's trying to get her apartment ready because someone's coming round, and she wants to cook cook dinner um, for them and and make the place look tidy and. And you know this this kind of entity that's that's kind of always around her is, is trying to scupper that. Um, and there's a timed element to it. And I, I quite like that, even though you know, it, it set a, amongst the rest of the story, it's it's an incredibly unimportant you know scene. Uh, but I, I just liked that there was in in that respect. I liked that there was was a bit of a shift. But you would go from that to something like you see later on. You know, there's there's a whole really long scene set out in the kind of um, in the desert, where she mm-hmm. comes across um, some some kind of native Indians, and uh, and the, the kind of the, as I say, the more sci-fi stuff later on, it, and yeah, it kind of really does kind of shift around uh, quite a lot. Um, and and there's one one section in particular. I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory because, despite all the negatives, I'm saying it's definitely worth playing and experiencing. I think. Um, but uh, there's a I don't know if you remember the scene where she's briefly homeless yes um so she kind of befriends a group of fellow homeless people and without again without giving too much away she gets into an altercation later on and has to spend a long stay in hospital and kind of one by one these homeless people turn up to the hospital to kind of tell her how their lives have been completely transformed by spending one night with her and you know they've all turned their lives around it's i don't know it's i mean it's probably not the most far-fetched thing in the whole game but it, it just seemed really odd and I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm ragging on it a bit too much. Really, there's, there's plenty to enjoy there. I mean, it looks amazing. It it came out towards the end of the PS3's um, kind of life cycle, didn't it? Was it one of the latest games? Kind of. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I haven't haven't done the usual sort of breakdown of the game, but yeah, um, it was came out in 2013 um, on PS3. Came out on PS4 fairly recently, I think last year as a remaster. But um, at the at the time. Um, it, it it looked fantastic. Uh, I think I played it maybe about maybe year year and a half ago. Still looked incredible to me. Yeah. Um, just just the animation on the on on the character models is just astonishing. Really. Um, I, I'm I, I'm guessing you played it on a PS3 as well. Um, is
0: that correct? I- I didn't. I'm. I'm an idiot and bought the remaster because um, <laughs> it was cheap a couple of weeks ago. After we decided that I was going to play it, so right. I'd, I'd be. I'd be amazed if
1: there's much difference in no, terms, I don't, in, in I don't terms think of the games because I. I suspect that the work they did on the PS3 version was good enough for the PS4 because. Yeah. As I say, I was already playing PS4 thing games and it just looked like a PS4 game to me. I mean, it is right up there. I think. I think. Oh, oh in terms of graphical fidelity for that generation, it's probably without any peers. I think I think um the structure of the game and, and the the way the game is put together probably helps with that from a technical perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. But um, no it really works and I think um if you look at any of the videos they've done in terms of um how the production sort of put together, it's it's all the mo that they've they've put into the game and um it's really interesting to, to see some of that. It's it's the whole the, the actors having to do it in a, in the, their own mind's eye because it's you know they're in a car but obviously they're not they're in a studio with some polystyrene bits and bobs and yeah. they have to make that work and seeing Hollywood actors trying to um, film in this way is it's always interesting I think I think they've got used to it in some extent with quite a lot of films these days with he- quite heavy on CGI but um, even so just to see. I, I, the, I think the quality of the acting absolutely comes through in this. Um, uh, one of one of the questions I've got for you, I think, is, is who, who do you think made the stronger impression out of the, t- out of the two, out of William Defoe and and Ellen Page in this? Because um, I think I've got my opinions on it, but I suspect I felt.
0: suspect from the question that answer is different. I actually think Ellen Page was was really impressive. Um, I, I think she really embraced it. Um, to to think that she was having to kind of portray this character. Again, we haven't necessarily gone into it, but it kind of spans quite a few years in this girl's life. And yeah. I think she, she captured I think it's quite understated in places. She's quite mumbly in places. But actually I think I think she 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 really impressed me and to until the end, as you've mentioned, I I don't know, I I found Willem Defoe's maybe it was the writing rather than the performance, but I found him a little one dimensional until until later on. Um, but I suspect you perhaps had a different opinion on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I I, I really liked Defoe's depiction of his character. I thought he absolutely nailed it, and I thought he was really engaging in every scene he was in. Um, not to say that... I, th- I think, it's like you say, it's quite interesting. That it, Ellen has to, has to basically act a character for an entire lifespan pretty yeah. much, yeah. which is... Incredibly difficult, I would have thought, as an actor, to do. So I think she had the more difficult task in terms of sort of uh, portraying a character. And I think, um, you know, as, as a as a thirty-year-old man, it's I, I, it's some some of the stuff just I, I couldn't. It, I think again, it, maybe it's maybe it's just the story, right? But I couldn't relate to a lot of it. And yeah. that that's I think that's good in a way, but it was more. I just found her a little bit annoying at times and like you say, a little bit mumbly and a little bit um, just a bit bit, bit flat but I think that's meant to be the character if that makes sense, I think there was an undertone of that in there but it it really rubbed me up the wrong way at certain points because it just felt a bit like that can't be arse sort of acting whereas Defoe had a bit more of a a classical sort of feel to, to to his range, and especially towards the end, that range sort of really develops. Um, yeah. In terms of what he's what he's capable. Of. Interestingly, I don't like what, how they portrayed William Defer's character through the game. I, I found him the most unbelievable in of progress, whereas uh, Ellen Page's character felt the most believable and yeah, and whatnot. There was there was some classic again, not moving into spoiler territories. But towards the end of the game, I really felt, okay, David Cage, you, you've managed to make this game fall apart again at the last head. <laughs> it yeah. really felt like that, because there was some really incongruous stuff at the end, which I just didn't believe or didn't buy, Yeah. If I'm honest. Yeah. honest. Um, and having, having only played two of his games, I, I, I think it's a running theme on, on a lot of his games. I haven't played Heavy Rain, so I'm not sure whether that... Kind of falls apart in similar ways or not, but I don't know. I think, I think I've got used to the idea that that's happened. Now that having had two games like this, now it's kind of okay. I think I know the structure of a David Cage game now. Yeah, you know, um, it's gonna be something that feels believable to some extent. But then at some point, it will become an unbelievable structure. And I think, I think maybe that's one of the strongest aspects of this game actually is the idea of this supernatural um, backdrop because it does allow him to move into these areas Fahrenheit had so many sort of twists and turns towards the end which were just utterly ridiculous for a game that's meant to be based in the real world you know whereas this isn't set up like that is it? it's set up as there is a supernatural element to it yeah and people are aware of of this being being in being there to a certain degree, anyway, you know, in terms of the people in in her life that she touches, you know, it it comes across that there's something odd about her, and they portray that side of things really well. Um, and I suspect that's the bit of the character that you thought that she portrayed well, that sort of yeah, you know, I'm 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 a freak basically, you know, stay yeah. away sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I think I think I, I would say. Heavy Rain is, is, is different in that I didn't feel it, it, it kind of fell away as spectacularly as as, uh, as Fahrenheit and this one. I, I would mm-hmm. definitely say it's worth worth going through. It's um, I, I really enjoyed that and I went into that one having been burnt by Fahrenheit. I think I mentioned on the last one, you know, having played the demo of Fahrenheit, you know, the first scene, it's, I, I loved it, absolutely adored it and thought, oh, you know, the possibilities that that game could have and as you say, it really, really fell away and kind of wasn't too hyped for heavy rain but actually ended up surprising me and uh, i I really enjoyed it it's not flawless by any stretch of the imagination but it's definitely worth worth taking a look um and and by the same token i'm i'm still very much interested in in the next one um is it called detroit the the next cage game yeah
1: i i think yeah i think i think detroit will really play to cage's strengths and Again, what's interesting playing this now, and I don't know if you've seen some of the trailers for Detroit, but it's. Just, sorry, I
0: was just just the one that, that played at E3 um, is is the one I've seen. Yeah, the
1: original the original trailer
0: then. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so um, there was a trailer that came out sort of um, late last year as well, and it was a different character. Okay. And a completely different scene and a completely different setup and it had the same sort of choice mechanisms in terms of button prompts and it was showing sort of the branching paths in terms of choices that you would have but what's yeah. interesting is that it was a completely different character it wasn't this female robot character so I think, again, he's probably going for a more... um non-linear separate sort of slices of stories hence why he's calling it detroit i suspect is that it allows them freedom then to create these small almost short stories I, i suspect uh that play out in lots of different ways that maybe have an overarching sort of theme around them rather than a narrative that's running through them yeah and i think in some senses the work on two souls probably has informed that in terms of how they're structuring that you know um in some sense Two Souls might have almost worked better as a set of disparate stories with different characters involved because yeah, you know like you say those jumps in character wouldn't have been so so pronounced uh, in terms of the, in terms of seeing that um, yeah I, you touched as well on the scenes that you you, you liked and didn't like I'm, I'm, I don't know I, again I really I really liked the desert scene Um that was yep. one of the strongest parts for me, just because um it was such a long period of gameplay, mm-hmm. and it was the first time they really grounded your character in a setting I found and gave you um some some progress of time and that really I thought helped with sort of the connections with the family and and trying to get some sort of place of, 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 of a sense of place i suppose and and that lifestyle really came across really strongly, but again. It felt like a different game. As soon as that scene started, it was—I think that's was maybe sort of halfway through the game. Yeah. It—it it felt like, whoa, where's this come from? You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and it's almost impressive that, but at the same time, it—it's—it's it's hard to hang a game off, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's like I said in the in the last episode. I really admire his ambition. You know, the fact that he has all these ideas and he's trying to marry all these different stars together. You know, there's the scenes with the Kind of CIA scenes where they are essentially kind of cover, not cover shooter, but you know, mm. there's cover mechanics in there, and you're having to take people out. And again, it's it's a bit of a shift away from from a lot of the other scenes. And while it doesn't quite work, I admire the fact that he's he's trying to do something a bit different. Which, like I say, is why I'm I'm still kind of looking forward to to seeing how Detroit um, works out. But yeah. I I, th- I think the other thing that that kind of really stood out to me having. Talked about Virginia as well in the last episode is the kind of the way that you know we spoke about how that used jump cuts to really cut away the fat. The kind of slow walking along corridors and and across open spaces really kind of stood out to me in this one. You know, there the, the were long sections sometimes of of her kind of stumbling along and taking what seemed like forever to get to where I wanted wanted to get to, and while sometimes it worked well there were other you know there were reasons why you would might want to reflect on what's just happened or, or what have you but there was somewhere i just found it really frustrating and wanted to be wanted to but again with the arbitrary thing with idem what he could and couldn't interact with there were sometimes where she'd run and other times where she'd walk but you had no control over that um unless i was completely missed an option there uh and again yeah it's just something that that having played essentially another interactive movie uh, recently in, in Virginia that I, I think that kind of was a lot more effective in, in some ways despite not having you know the grand aspirations that, that Beyond Two Souls had. Mm.
1: Yeah no I, I I would broadly agree with that. Um, it The, the, the control and, and you're right it does reflect on, on areas quite well in terms of that and what, what I found impressive in terms of that with the control was that when you were playing as the little girl it felt like it felt very different. The, the, the yes. movement and it just the, the the bounciness maybe of the character, or when she's a teenager and, and sort of um, throwing a tantrum, she really yeah. sort of moves in a really different way in terms of in terms of that, and you, you do feel that through the way that it's animated. It's mm. it's quite interesting how they managed to. To do that, um, there's been a few other games that have done that as well, and it's, I think it's it's really difficult to to animate like little children well in games. Yeah. I think, and there was something a little bit freaky about it because mm. it was like Ellen's face, but yeah. but yeah, all of it's different. It was yeah, I found it a little bit unnerving at times, but it it did a good job of trying to do that and 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 capture things in in its animation that. Um, that would be lost otherwise in, in potentially other games um, that, that wouldn't maybe take that level of detail to it. And he's, he, I find him quite brave in terms of what he does really, Cage. I think that's what what I think more than anything. I think he has a lot of misses in in what he produces in terms of points and, and tone generally across the board. I mean, his tone levels are all over the place, but I do kind of admire the fact that he does try things and um, if they work or they don't work he, i don't know he doesn't he, he gets a lot of stick i find and I he th- does I'm, yeah I'm not sure if it's always um ne- not necessary but, but but deserved um you know i think there are, the for something like beyond i think yes it's i, I think it is a middle of the road sort of game, but it has enough neat ideas that it's actually it's worth seeing what those ideas are. And and, and I'm sure some of his work will, it it does, it has and does influence a lot of other narrative driven games because, because he's, he's doing things in slightly different ways that maybe other people um, haven't beforehand. And I I don't know, I I can't remember if Fahrenheit was one of the first sort of games which had such limited interactivity. And it seems I can't remember anything before that that, I've played that felt so strongly in sort of that narrative arc in, in terms of that um, but um, you, you're absolutely right in terms of like the Telltale games you can definitely see where that inspiration's come from
0: yeah yeah I agree no, I, 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 hard to remember now but I seem to remember you know Fahrenheit like I say when I first saw what he was attempting certainly early on cleaning up that kind of crime scene in the diner Uh, I definitely it was definitely a feeling of I really haven't played anything like this before and you know that that those type of choices and and interactions you could make so so no I yeah I I agree with you I think he's often unfairly kind of criticized that yeah you know often he'll swing and miss but um, as I said before you know I I admire someone who has the ambition to try and do something a bit more spectacular and a bit more Mm. ambitious and you know it's and probably accepts that he's not necessarily going to nail it one hundred percent of the time. But um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that he hasn't kind of been deterred from from games. You know, a lot of the time, a lot of the criticism is you know, you know, maybe a frustrated film director and and <laughs> what have you. Because a lot of the, a lot of the stuff is is clearly you know inspired by film. But I'm really glad that he hasn't kind of been driven away from from the gaming scene, and uh, uh, really looking forward to come to what he comes up with uh, with Detroit. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, and 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 just that the character of Aiden is quite an interesting one in some sense as well um you know the the, the second soul as it were and um did it, i think the game tries to make it feel like you are Aiden rather than Aiden as somebody else yes um, but then again it i don't know at some point it seems to shift a little bit as well it's quite but it's quite interesting because again i think if you look at his games again it, it it's like He's learning new things every time. And, and this mechanic of having Aiden as being that other character, just, it it makes it more believable that you're looking out for this girl in some sense and, and sort of aiding her in her life or not. And she gets mad with you is what it feels like when yeah. things go wrong. And that feels a lot more, it feels better as a mechanic than just making the decisions for the characters, if that makes sense. it, it It's almost... Um, like I say, you feel more involved in that world because of that setup, in some sense. Um, and I really sort of thought that was really well done in that in that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what really intrigued me actually is I don't know if if it's present on like,
1: the. I was going to say it's like she she blames you a lot, and it feels like she always says, "Well, you're getting in the way, and you're ruining her life." And I found yeah. that a very interesting sort of mechanic for for a game to kind of throw back at you in some sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't I don't know if it was present in the um in the PS3 version, but was there was there a two player mode so you can actually have someone else take control of Aiden?
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cuz I I mean that would be an interesting way to play it because then you literally have no control over whether he's being mischievous or whether he chooses to hurt people or is respectful whether you would get get someone to kind of play through with you and only have control over those those sections. I don't know, but um, yeah, there's an option to do it. I know we talked about how the, the control scheme is a little bit confusing. There was a um, an option to play it on a tablet as well if you download an, an, okay. a, an app and pair it with the game. Whether that's a PS4, ah, uh, no, 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 no,
1: I think that was there as well on PS3. But that to me feels very much like a play test sort of um, a solution to the issues with the controls. That, yeah, to me feels like they've realised that. Some people aren't going to get along with this control mechanism. So let's put mm. something thinking that's a little bit easier. That that makes more sense now.
0: Yeah. And the the other thing with again, I don't know if it's only PS four, um, the remastered version, but you can choose to play it through in um, in linear fashion. Um I'm not oh, keen well. I'm not keen to go back and play it just yet, but <laughs> maybe maybe in the future it would be interesting to see, like you're saying, you know, would would it stack up? Um you know done done lin, linearly um or is there a very good you know as you as you suspect you know it, it, is the fact that it's been presented in that way has that effectively hidden something that maybe you might cotton onto earlier if you're playing it in a more straightforward fashion
1: yeah yeah um that's interesting I, again i'm not sure um I, I suspect that might be something that's um an unlockable once you finish the game potentially on ps3 i'm not sure right that. yeah um but um, yeah, I I don't know, I don't know if I'd ever play it again in in some sense it's you know, it's a once and done sort of experience really. Um, yeah 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 and, and 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 just to just to give David Cage some stick, I mean, <laughs> there is some classic stuff in this which is like you you played quite a few of his games now, but there are things in his games now which are almost like, they're almost like tropes, if you know. Mm. They're, they're things to look out for, and they're quite funny. So the homeless thing is definitely something that happens in his games. Like, yeah, I can't. Out of the two games I've played, that's been the case. I believe there might be something similar in in, um, in heavy rain, um, yeah. and the other one is um, um, shower scenes. Shower yes. scenes seem to always come up in David Cage. Films. <laughs> Yeah. And it just comes across as a little bit weird, if I'm honest. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, I agree. Uh, uh, it is quite amusing that those those things keep happening. It's almost like, I, I think I'm waiting for them to appear <laughs> in Detroit when I play it. I'm almost certain they will be in there because um, he's done it so many times now, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, his, his writing is getting better. Um, I do th- wonder if, I wonder if he should get more uh, Hollywood um writers involved. I think somebody is involved with Detroit this time. Oh, okay. But I can't remember who, but I think there's I don't think he's writing at all this time. I do I'm I'm almost a bit concerned that it might lose some of that B movie appeal in some sense, you know. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it won't. Maybe maybe it will have such, still those elements of awkwardness in the way it's been put together <laughs> that will um it will still have that sort of level of, of weird charm to it, um, and then the other the other thing to talk about this game was all the uh, backlash that happened after it got released, with, with with the shower scene stuff and with the nude model that that kind of came about. Can you remember all of that?
0: No, very vaguely. I remember there being controversy about. So was it? So obviously, you don't. There, there isn't a kind of full nude scene in in the game, as certainly as I played it. Was no. it someone who'd gone in and managed to kind of find? Yeah, find somebody
1: managed. I think it was either a hack or something. But mm. what they'd done is they'd managed to be able to move the right camera stick. I view, see. And um, everything was was polygoned up <laughs> as a naked Ellen Page, and it was like, was there any need to do that as, no, as a developer? Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I think Ellen Page got a little bit miffed. Um, Quite angry, and I think I can't remember if she put some lawsuit or something like that right. to the developers. Um, so you have to wonder um, if anybody would in Hollywood will work with David Cage <laughs> <K. K>. yeah. again, <laughs> or whether his name is now besmirched forevermore. I'm not sure, but um, it was yeah, it wasn't a good look, um, and that was quite shortly after the game came out. And yeah, I do I do worry that maybe. It, I think that's the interesting thing with this game. It, it does feel like the game has a strong female voice, but then some of the things that David Cage do does sometimes feels a little bit... a little bit maybe sexist, I would say. You know, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like he always um, he, he has a, a good... And I don't, I don't know if that's on... I, I doubt it's on purpose, but it feels like he just gets the turn wrong in a lot of senses. Yeah. And it, yeah. um, so... I don't know. It, it'd be interesting whether, uh, like I say, any Hollywood actors will work with him again or, or not. But um, it was it, by all accounts it was a large undertaking this project, and I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if they would want to maybe go down that route again. Um, and I'm I'm a bit surprised they both did it in some sense mm. in terms of movie styles. Um, but maybe this is the way the industry is going. I, I I still don't feel that it is. Um, I think it's far too much of an undertaking to do that level of commitment to a game. But uh, kudos, kudos for them both for for, for doing it. And, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I, I genuinely, although I criticised <laughs> Ellen Page a bit, I generally, generally think they both did really good performances in general. It's not, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm nitpicking in a lot of senses. Um, it's not the characters felt really well acted in a lot of ways. It's just. They rubbed me up the wrong way at times, but no, I, I, I think um, I think it was very believable, sort of, um, acting throughout, I thought. And and I think it does make a difference. I, fe- I felt it made a difference to the game. The quality of the game felt like it was that little bit higher than other things, you know. When they're delivering their lines, it felt more believable than it yeah. perhaps done in other games that I've played in the past. So.
0: Yeah no that, that that's it uh, I think you know there, there was a fair bit to admire in there but yeah it's it's kind of as as a whole taken as a whole as I said at the outset it's, it's unfortunately a bit of a mess but but definitely again worth experiencing just to to experience the high points I think anyway that was that was uh, beyond two souls uh, I picked Spec Ops: The Line for you to play um, third person shooter released in two thousand and twelve on PC ps3 and xbox 360 uh, it was delivered uh, developed sorry by jaeger and published by 2k commercial flop but something of a critical success um i kind of i picked it for you because i was wary i hadn't given you a shooter to play yet that was one reason but okay as you as you rightly alluded to last time it's it's not really your, your kind of run-of-the-mill shooter despite the outward appearances but how did you get on with it um
1: hmm. how did i get on with it <laughs> Um, not as not as well as I was expecting, I have to admit. Um, and um, I think I think one of the things we've we done well. I think I think it probably played into you with Beyond Two Souls, but expectations are funny thing with games. And I think I was expecting something quite cerebral in terms of story, potentially, given yeah. that people had said it was a surprising sort of game, and they expect it, it was. I think I I can't remember what you said, but was it was it a case of it? It's it was well received from people who played it, and it was surprising to people of how good it was. Was that sort of the general feel from?
0: from Yeah, I think so. I think you know from the outside. It it, I think as you had mentioned last time, looking at the box art, you know, it's very generic, kind of um, not particularly great third person shooter from 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 the outset. But there is a bit more going on which is what i think surprised people in terms of of the story there but but yeah i i I was concerned that this might be the case you know if you go in knowing that that people have been surprised by it then then maybe it's not going to live up to expectations
1: well it's not about living up to well it is i suppose it is about living up to expectations i i don't try and build things up in terms Mm. of what i expect from games but when you hear certain things said from people over and over again and people saying oh well this is one of the best sort of third-person action games they've played in recent times and how much they've loved it then you it's a different shift isn't it you when you played it it might have been more well an unexpected surprise whereas for me i've got there's some expectation for me that actually it's going to deliver that surprise to me but but potentially it won't because you know my i've already been colored in terms of expectation so as i say i was expecting a quite cerebral sort of plot, and I, I was expecting potentially a interesting discourse on war, and and I think it does deliver that in in, in its end. I think it absolutely has an, under, an undercurrent and an understory. Um, I just, I and and and, and I suppose first, from from the first off when I first booted it up, I didn't realize it was a third person action game. I thought it was a right. first-person shooter. Oh, okay. okay. So that was quite a nice surprise for me. And um, just playing around with sort of the first few areas and the controls and the mechanics, um, really nice. Um, I found the action really easy to get into, and I quite liked all the direction of your uh, partner colleagues in order to sort of help you out in the battlefield. It reminded me a little bit of... Um, I mean, the, the obvious comparison is Gears of War. Um, yeah. But... Um, Remind me, maybe a little bit of um, Rainbow Six Vegas as well in terms of, okay. of taking cover and and, um, and giving orders out to to your, your comrades, um, and that that was already interesting. And, and I think the second really interesting sort of part straight off was the setting. And I thought, so it it, it does it does it, it gave away a little bit really early on the title screen when it first comes up. Um, it's got an American flag. I can't remember if it's upside down or bent and yeah. it's got um, it's got Jimi Hendrix uh, Star Swangle Banner playing and mm. immediately that to me already went this is going to be a critique of, of Americans um, sort of overseas and and that was sort of the, the feeling that kind of came to the fore but setting it in a place like Dubai was really um, really interesting as, as a setting and as a background um, I, it really sort of helped um, although it was set quite a lot in the desert it didn't feel like it was a, a generic setting. Um, quite often, Call of Duty and whatnot, they are a generic Afghan sort of backdrops with, you know, ramshackled huts and things like that. But to see really opulent palaces that you go through mm. and high, t- high skyscrapers, again, the Rainbow Six sort of Vegas thing really sort of uh, gelled with me there in terms of that setting because it felt like, you know, a, a place with, with wealth and... That, that that felt different straight from the off. Um, it's, but as I say, it, it didn't, I was almost waiting for that, arti- those artistic moments, and I, that's what I was thinking I was going to get. At some point, I thought, these characters, and I'm mean, going to use the word characters loosely, in very commas here, <laughs> I'll go back to that in a minute, but yeah. these characters, um, I thought, would, would progress on a journey, in terms of, of maybe what they're doing, and, Uh, Come to some more sort of realization, or something in the plot would get more complex, and that never really came to fruition. From from my perspective, Uh, I think that's where my disappointment comes with this: is that at some point I was I was hoping that there would be a a stronger feeling of that that what they're doing is wrong, and it never felt that that ever happened to me. I, I. the, the, the problem I had was that the characters were just not well defined at all. I could not give two monkeys about any of the characters in this game. Mm. It just felt very um, you know, Tweedledum and Tweedledee and Tweedledtwat. You know, it just, <laughs> I, I just did not care for all three of them. It just, you know, they bickered amongst themselves, they're saying that what they're doing is wrong. It goes through very standard Hollywood sort of plot twists. You know, people get Sort of they get separated, they come back together, they jump off buildings. It's it the bad guy potentially changes. It's all of those sort of things. It it didn't yeah. it didn't go to a place where I thought it would go to, and that's again probably my my bizarre higher expectations. Maybe that's at some level.
0: So yeah, so where you say there was there was no was it you felt there was no real character development there with with the um, with the three of them.
1: Yeah, I think I think that was my issue all along. I mean, um, I can't even remember their names. Um, but the main character that you play as, he seems to be the guy who's sort of trying to keep the unit together and keep them on their mission, as it were, that they've been given. And um, but I never I never understood the motivations. Yeah, I I felt that he was going along, keeping them together and the idea was, okay, well we'll we'll get out of it and, and equally it's that thing of, well, how many people do you have to kill in order to have your freedom, I suppose. And that that yeah. was the undercurrent to some of that. But the characters didn't I couldn't understand why they did never sort of change their minds, I suppose, if that makes sense. There mm. was none of that there's none of that questioning. Um of of there was questioning of why they're doing it, but it was always very much well you know and and, and yeah it, it didn't it's not that it it just i didn't feel a strong enough motivation to want to keep going if that makes sense at all points in the game i didn't feel like okay i need to see what happens next does that make sense mm-hmm. it was yeah, like, i did yeah it it felt like everything was and it played it played very well there's nothing wrong with that but the narrative drive of the game just wasn't there for me um and quite quickly, I, I think I just zoned out on some of the story points. And maybe I've missed things. I don't think I have. But no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the the, the the finer points of the story um, didn't, didn't really come across. Um, so I suppose as that sort of waned, I kind of, my mind started drifting. And I thought, well, okay, maybe, maybe it's not narrative. Maybe that's not the reason. The sort of uh, viewpoints on this game, and maybe yeah. it's the game, maybe it's the gameplay. So, and then, and then, and then, an interesting thing did happen, and that was uh, mission five. Mission five um, is the first time in the game where they split up your your team for, for yeah. a short period of time, and mission five was the first time where the AI of the game felt really, really good, mm. like like Halo good. Um, there was a particular sort of siege setup where you, like, you, it's like I say, you separate from your team and you end up down a large cavern in, in sort of a, in sort of a behind a truck, and it's very much back against the wall, and there's going to be a bunch of sort of um, people coming for you. And I died a lot um, in that section, a hell of yeah. a lot. But every time I respawned and did that section, things played out in very different ways. Mm. And that was really interesting to see a game with that good of a of a an AI to it, and I suppose from that point onwards, I really sort of came to appreciate that they they really flanked really cleverly in the game, and they kept away when they needed to keep away, and you I, I, me particularly, I did start using grenades quite a lot in terms of sort of trying to maybe take out more than one or two at once because. That gave me enough time then to move to the next bit of cover and, and sort of take on the next um, enemy from a sort of different angle. But that side of it went incredibly well. Um, later on too, there are... Um, well, I suppose midpoint, you get you get the guys with knives who sort of run at you. Yes, yeah. And again, they re- they reminded me of the sword guys from Halo straight away. It was mm. like, well, someone's coming close to me, I need to sort of use a short weapon just to sort of take them out quickly. And they would quite often you would aim at those and they would sort of quickly sort of shimmy left or right and, and yeah. avoid your fire. So that side of it started to come to the fore and so then I came a bit confused about maybe maybe I got sort of the feeling of this game wrong. maybe it wasn't about narrative, maybe it's about the gameplay. So that's that's kind of where I ended up with the game. Um, mm. what, one thing to say with with, with with that side as well is I personally chose to play on the highest difficulty that I could as well. Okay, um, which I'm not sure if, if if other people would have done that or whether you did that, but um...
0: no, I I tend to play stuff on normal um, generally, so I imagine that's what I did with this. I, I played it quite soon after it came out, so I don't remember for definite. But I can't imagine I wouldn't have done anything. You know, I think there's th- there's three difficulty settings at the outset Yeah, I, th- I think there's yeah. three,
1: and with one locked, the highest one. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, I,
0: I would have gone for the normal. I think.
1: But but that's what so in terms of in terms of that AI I think I suspect I wouldn't maybe have felt it as much if I went for a lower setting but mm. definitely the setting that I was playing um, just really nice sort of encounters and it, it didn't really it, it, I don't think it has the enemy variety to really really hold hold a, a torch to the Halo series but it was still nice to play something that sort of challenged me in that way and and created interesting use of space. Um, but yeah, it, for me, this this was this was pretty much going to be a talk on expectations because, you know, good or bad, they they colour your opinion, don't they?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, without question. Yeah. As I say, I think when I played it, it was quite soon after the release, so I I didn't have that same same thing going in, and I also think maybe the fact that I haven't, I didn't pick up on as you did, you know, very early on where that where it was going. Um, so when it did slowly become apparent what was happening to me, I think it was all the more surprising, and I think maybe because I haven't seen some of the stuff that it it echoes. So from what I read, it's it's very much based on Heart of Darkness and and by association uh, Apocalypse Now, and I've yeah I've not yeah. I've not seen the film or, or read the book, so maybe I haven't seen you know media that that has handled this in in perhaps. Uh, uh, a more intelligent way, um, but I see again. I might be misremembering, but I seem to remember. Do do the kind of kills get more violent as you go on, and he, he he's kind of a bit more gung ho about like hooting and hollering after killing people later on in the game. Uh, I think
1: a little bit, yeah. There is there is a a tonal shift, and and some of it feels like almost horror esque. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know uh, when what year did this come out? Uh, t- Two thousand twelve. The thing is, I think the difficulty for me is that I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I do like sort of a good shooter, especially mechanically, but and quite often I find the stories to be a bit, just a bit, just not my thing, I suppose. But yeah, um, and I felt that with this, and and some of some of the things around the shocking nature of that, I just it felt it felt very much like some of the things I'd seen when I played Modern Warfare Two, which was right. not a game that I. I I bought because I was really into modern warfare. I bought it because it was cheap at Christmas before Christmas, and I wanted to see what it was all about. But yeah, that had that had similar things to this in terms of very graphic use of, of chemical warfare. You know, yes, but there's yeah. some particular scenes in this which are pretty grim in terms of that. In terms of sort of, um, like is it mustard bombing or something like that? Uh, uh, have...
0: Yeah, white white phosphorus was it? Yeah, um, and. Yeah.
1: and but but again, it's like well, it's, it felt like I'd seen it before, and, right. and that was right. what kind of disappointed me. And, and it wasn't the fact that I'd seen it before in maybe some, you know, indie game. Or it, I'd seen it before in Modern Warfare. You know, yeah. it just felt yeah. to me like I've already seen it in that, and they did it, and they've done all of that already. As especially especially the second time the sort of the, the phosphorus thing happened, because I think. It becomes a case of you're doing it yourself, and it's on the sort of the black and white sort of um, drop. I don't know what it is, the military computer thing. Where it's, yes, yeah, and and obviously they again they're obviously doing that to create a sense of detachment. It's the idea that well it's just on a computer screen, and then you see the horror afterwards. But as I yeah. say, I'd i seen that before in modern warfare, and I just mm. thought, is is this is this why people? I couldn't I couldn't grasp what what that what it was that. that that was the thing with this,
0: if that makes yeah. sense. no, I I thought, saying.
1: I thought, you must have chosen this because there's something. Um, but when I couldn't... It wasn't that I couldn't see what the thing was. I just thought... I don't know, I was just a little bit disappointed if that was the thing. And I think it was. Yeah. Um, no, it as was, I say, it was, it was the expectation of that. And and equally, you know, I, I think I think Modern Warfare goes more further with having some civilians that you shoot. This didn't really even have civilians that you shoot. It had... It had the idea that you had American soldiers you were shooting. I suppose that was an interesting I' again inverted sort of commas interesting sort of take, but it didn't it didn't it never meant much to me. It didn't feel like it meant anything. It it felt like bad guys still at some level. There was mm. no reason for me to think otherwise. That was the thing. There was no reason for me to think, well actually am I killing good guys now? And and I and I do I do point that at the storytelling of the game, I think it should have done a better job at seeing why I was doing what I was doing and there are twists at the end like again mm. a bit like Beyond, there are huge twists I think in the very very final sort of throws of this game Yeah. but uh, I just felt it was a little bit bit, bit too late and yeah okay question, you question things a bit more but it felt a little bit late in the day for me in terms of I didn't feel like okay. Well, that's that redeems the game now. It just felt okay. It felt like an amendment to the story, you know. Mm. The, the story fed, played out before that point. But yeah, and and I can I, th- I think you're right. I think it has links with things like Apocalypse Now and um, Good Morning Vietnam and things like that. You know, it, it felt it felt in that tone to me. Um, in yeah. Terms of the hoolariness, uh, but also some of the the horrors behind war. Um, and, trying to show um, Americans as, as not the the saviors of the world as it were which I think was the was the undercurrent more than anything
0: yeah yeah oh I'm sorry you didn't uh, you didn't particularly enjoy it it's all right so, it, it, <laughs> it was
1: it was bound to happen at some point where there was yeah. something that I wasn't going to get along with as as, as enthusiastically as uh, other times but I think that's I think it's a good thing I, I'm, I'm so glad I played it and in some sense you know I'm glad I played it having you know not Paid out for itself full well, price. I think if I just, if I come across it otherwise, maybe maybe my view would be different. But I don't think so. I think it's interesting the games that, that always fall short of expectations. And just before we started recording, there's a couple of others that came to mind. But but a couple of other third-person action games that, that fell short. That just for similar, reason, not, maybe not for similar reasons, but because people had sort of pushed them as sort of sort of high watermarks and. Mm. Um, one I was thinking about was um, oh I've forgotten the name the Platinum Games third person action shooter um, Vanquish, Vanquish. Yeah, yeah Vanquish and again they really talked up and, and mechanically you know really sound but I've really, to me it felt really soulless as a game it just felt like and, and I had a similar thing here it, it it dragged it really felt a bit too long you know I was kind of it does an interesting story arc thing, again, kind of re- does, does a couple of things out of place. And once yeah. it sort of reaches that point, I thought, like, okay, I'm at the end now, but it doesn't, it kind of keeps going. And it kept going and I couldn't understand why it kept going. I'd, it didn't, it just didn't hang together at the end to, to kind of push me towards. I, I was expecting a longer epilogue, maybe, or something right. that kind of questioned my actions maybe a little bit more. I was waiting for that judgment in a lot of sense. Does that make sense? I was yeah. waiting for that point in the game where it was going to be, okay, now we're going to judge you on everything you've done. And it didn't It didn't pan out like that. And it didn't, I, I, I don't know, as I say, I was, I was waiting for something. That's probably mm. not a good way to go into a game in some sense, but... Hey ho! That, <laughs> that was the way. That was the way that speck off the line fell for me. Um, oh, that's a
0: shame.
1: Um, in, in terms of really good point, though, just to end on a really huge positive. The use of music in this game is fantastic. Mm. Um, it, it, really early on, I was really, I really liked the way they have um, the DJ character in this game. Yes, and, and you yeah. playing um, lots of sort of classic um, rock tracks in certain points and. The way it's all set up and that I really, really enjoyed the way they kind of just popped in and some really good, good songs in this game. Really good soundtrack, yeah. Enjoyed that as part of it. Uh, and equally, um, really good use of sand. Mm. <laughs> Genuinely, really nice use of of scenery and sand in this. Um, the sandstorm sections in the game where your hood effectively disappears and you have to work through these areas still trying to shoot and and target enemies yeah Uh, um really fantastically done i would have liked more of those scenes in the game because they felt like the best sort of bits of the game and particularly where it felt like structures would potentially collapse on you and and routes would change those Mm. were the bits that i really liked so you know although although maybe storyline wise i didn't get along with it too well mechanically i still felt it was very strong um so, you know, in, in the most important, I suppose, in the traditional most important uh, metric of a game, it
0: played very well. So. Sure, sure. I'm with you. I, one thing I was going to ask, did you notice the um, the use of the kind of loading screen tips as the game went on? I did, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that wasn't, like, it was interesting, but it was, again, it was a bit too pointed. It was, that, it was yeah. the game asking yeah. me questions, but it was like, well, I've already kind of, Pose those questions to me or myself already, you know. Yes, yeah. Um, but I think it's it's really difficult not to sound like I don't know too. Um, I don't know too hips or too high five. <laughs> but I felt almost too good for the game, if that makes sense. It almost felt like, yes, I know what you're doing. But I suppose <laughs> if you're somebody who's only ever played Call of Duty and whatever, I'm sure this would be. You know, some great re- revelation to You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to me, it just felt a little. Uh, again, it's just a bit too obvious at times. It just, mm. I, I kind of saw the. I saw the. I saw the steps coming and the, the heartbeats coming on some of those things before they happened. And again, maybe I. Maybe I was. Because of my expectations, as I say, I, I was probably already judging the game. The very first second, whereas I suspect you were probably not.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's definitely fair to say. But oh, I'm glad there are at least some redeeming features for you. But um, but yeah, perhaps a couple of games there this time that that didn't quite live up to some of the previous ones we've played. But but I guess that goes with the territory. It was gonna, as you say, it was going to happen at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's an interesting thing, and I think I think the point you made about beyond, and I think you coming out of heavy rain into beyond. Probably you had very different expectations from me. I came out of Fahrenheit to be honest. Yes. It seen as a, to me, it felt as an improvement in terms yeah. of storytelling. Whereas I think potentially for you, it probably didn't. You probably felt it's probably taken a step back. So you know, it's, it's yeah the way these things work, isn't
0: yeah. it? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so that's that's uh, this episode's game. So normally we would now pick a game for each other, um, but this time we've t- decided to do it slightly differently. We've, we've kind of. Decided together on a couple of games. Neither of us have played yet. Um, Silent Hill: Shattered Memories and Assemblance. Um, so Silent Hill: Shattered Memories. The the reason that one kind of stands out to me. I mean, I'd wanted to play it anyway. I've, I'm quite fond of the games I have played in the Silent Hill series um but certainly the involvement of sam barlow who who created her story which we covered on the podcast a, a while ago um really really kind of piqued my interest with this is is it a similar similar reason for you
1: um no no oh, I, okay. I think I, I think yeah we had a discussion sort of outside outside this this recording and um i, I said to you have, you have you sort of is it on your to-do list to sort of yeah. play at any point and it's been on my backlog for a hell of a long time um ever since um, Game went bust, if you remember when that happened. Mm. And they were selling a lot of software off. So I've had it for a, num- a number of years, but um, just never, never got around to it. So I, I knew nothing of, around the um, involvement of Sam Byler, but obviously I now do. Um, yeah. But th- th- I already was sort of um, heavily interested in it. it this Silent Hill Shadows Memories is one of these infamous games that other people have told me, Paul, you need to play this. Yeah. I've gone, oh yeah, I'll buy it, I'll buy it. Look, I bought it now, but then I never ever get around to playing yeah. the games that people tell me I should play. So um, it's been on my backlog for for a number of years, let's put it that way. Mm. Um, but um, I think it'll be really interesting to discuss, and I believe there's quite a lot of choice in the game, so I think it'll be really interesting um, to see potentially how, uh, how we both um, take it on. Did you pick up the Wii version as well?
0: I did, yes, yeah. It's supposed to be the the one to play, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, 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 again, I've seen my sort of friend play a little bit of it, and it uses the uh, Wii Remote in some nice, nice ways in terms of. Okay. Um, it uses sort of the speaker part to sort of give you phone messages and things like that. Oh, so okay, yeah. Really yeah. nice use of use of the technology, but although you know, um, and which which you know, I don't think there's many Wii games that that ever really used it in maybe the creative ways that nintendo uh wanted it to but, but by all accounts, um Shattered memories does a really good use of that so
0: excellent yeah, yeah i shall look forward to it uh, at a semblance i think it's fair to say neither of us know a huge amount about it going in
1: no I and mean, again i think i suggested this one to you and um yeah. i i i think it's a, it's been been cheap on on psn and yeah um, uh, it was. I, it just struck me. Uh, for some reason, I've got the name in my head that is something interesting. But I looked at the screenshots and I thought, "Well, it's in space and it looks like an adventure game." <laughs> and that's literally what I thought. Well, well, this will be all right then. So, um, yeah, I do like going into games without any expectations. So uh, this should be. Yes. Because, yeah. Yeah. No. You know, same to, here. To bring it. Bring it full circle. You know. Yes. Yeah. There's. There's. I. I've got no idea how well it reviewed or whether people think it's a good game. It might be, you know, rubbish. But yeah. um, I, I think I think it'd be interesting for us both to uh, play through that. And I think you were saying to me you think it's quite a short game as well.
0: I think so, yeah. Again, I, I know very little, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be quite quite bite-sized. But, yeah, I guess we'll find out soon enough. So, yeah, that that's it for episode 13. Um, if you want to keep up to date with what's happening with the podcast, we're on Twitter. At Catch Up Pod, um, but we'll be back next time covering, as we say, Silent Hill Shutter Memories and Assemblance. But until then, thanks for listening. See ya.